Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to be with you again as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. We're going to look at chapter 9 today. Chapter 9 is an amazing chapter. It shows the demon powers that will be released. And as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, the spiritual battle grows greater. And we can see it all around us today. You know, there was a time that, you know, we had wars in the past. You know, obviously, World War One, World War Two. We had the Korean War and, of course, Vietnam and then all the uh, battles in the Middle East. But now the evil is different. It's not confined to an area. It has spread out. And we can see the, the tremendous danger in that as we see uh, the terrorism breaking out all over the world. And we just see just meanness and evil uh, just flourishing. We need to pray and continue to pray because we have the power to bring that into submission. As long as we're here on this earth, as long as you and I are here and we're praying and we're the salt and light, the Word of God tells us we have the power to demolish strongholds. That means completely do away with them. Tear them down, break them into pieces, scatter them, and have the wind blow them away. But because many of us aren't praying like we should, and we're kind of coasting, the evil is rising up. And it's just a sign of the last days. It's a sign of hearts getting cold. And so we need to stand as people of God and pray. We need to pray for our neighbors, pray for our relatives and friends, and pray God's blessing down upon us. We need God's blessing. Like Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord, and he wouldn't let him go until he got the blessing. You know, the angel allowed him to do that. You know, it was the manifestation, uh, many believe, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he allowed him to wrestle with him. This angel had more power. He was divine. And he could have just cast Jacob off and said, see you later. But he allowed him to wrestle with him because he wanted him to. And he says, I'm not going to let go until I get blessed. And, you know, we need that. Because if we're not blessed, how can we bless others? You know, there are some that will tell you, well, you know, that's like selfish and bless me, bless me. Well, if you're in the right place with God and you're asking for the right things, yes, he will bless you abundantly. And that's what we need to ask. Because we have not because we ask not. And if we ask, we ask for wrong things, the Bible says. That's the reason we don't have it. So let's ask for the right things and do the battle that lays before us. So let's look at chapter 9. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. And when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke in the abyss. And out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass or the earth or any plant or tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months, 
and the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. That is an amazing piece of scripture. If that doesn't send a chill up your spine, I don't know what will. This world that God is now dealing with is a world that has totally rejected God in every fashion. It's a world that now where the Antichrist is risen up. It's a world where people are doing whatever they want, whenever they want. Completely, completely unruly. And so God is intervening. Keep in mind that as we read through the book of Revelation, you know, and there's so many things that we could say, this is a horrible book and it's you know, hard, difficult to read and because of all the violence and all the things that are going to happen. But if God doesn't intervene, the world would be completely destroyed in every person on it. That's where we're heading in this time in which we live, where more and more nations are getting nuclear weapons of destruction. And it's only just beginning. More and more of these nations will get these powers to kill. And if God doesn't intervene and stop it, we will destroy ourselves. We've proven that in the past with the great wars that we've already had. We just didn't have, you know, the weapons that we have today. So just imagine, you know, if Hitler had the weapons that we have today, you know, there would be no world. It wouldn't exist. So in this segment and where we're looking at right now, in this time period, you know, God is pouring out his vengeance upon the earth. The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. You know, he, he is slow to anger, a lot of grace, a lot of mercy. That's why all the evil things we see today are, st- are still being allowed. God hasn't come back yet to stop it. This is the time that God is going to come back and say, this is enough. He's going to punish those who are thumbing their nose at him. And it's important to know that we talked about it last podcast, an end of the road. We need to have an end of the road, folks. It's just the way it is. We can't go on uh, the way we're going. Just look at your own life. I look at my own life and where I was headed. You know, I was in a rock band. I had a record contract. I was playing clubs up and down where I am at the Jersey Shore and in, the, in New York City. And I was living a life that, you know, today I'm certainly not proud of. And if God hadn't come in and intervened in my life and caused my own little tribulation to happen, I probably would have died. I probably would have overdosed or I would have done something or, you know, I would have been drunk and driven into a wall or something. God only knows what would happen to me. But he stopped me. The road had an end for me to be saved. And so if you look at that in your own life as a microcosm of the entire world, God has to put an end to it or we would turn the earth into a cinder and there would be no hope for for anyone. So let's take a look at this scripture. This starteth falls from heaven. Some people interpret it as Satan because we know that Satan fell from heaven. He was cast out of heaven onto the earth. And that is true. But in this piece of scripture, he is not the angel. 
God gives the angel the keys to the abyss. Now, God's not going to give Satan the keys to anything. Jesus Christ took the keys away from death and the grave. He took Satan, all Satan's keys away. He no longer has the keys to anything. This is an angel of God sent to open the abyss. And when this abyss opens, these demons come flying out. So what is the abyss? We can, you know, let's take a look at that. The abyss is a supernatural prison where unclean spirits, demons of various strengths, are kept into judgment. Satan himself will be cast there and bound for a thousand years, as we'll look in Revelation chapter 20. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, Jesus is dealing with a demon-possessed man. All right, so it's Luke 8, 29 through 31. It says, For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. So the abyss is this dark place, and it's down into the earth. And many theologians believe it's down into the center of the earth. It could be a place where God is binding these angels and these demons. We're going to look into that a little bit more in a few minutes here. So when he opens this abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke of a giant furnace. And the sun and the sky was darkened by this smoke from the abyss. We see here that this angel comes down to earth and he opens the abyss, the shaft that leads down to the abyss. So we know the abyss is in the earth. It's not a heavenly place. It's not somewhere in some galaxy or someplace like that. This is in the center of the earth somewhere. And when it's opened up, smoke and flames and all this comes flying out, so much so that it darkens the sky so you couldn't see the sun. Well, we read about locusts in the Old Testament, and you read about locusts, you know, uh, down through history that covered the earth and different plagues that have happened. These locusts always go for the crops, for the trees, the leaves, and they just clean it out, just like uh, the plague in Egypt is described. As after the, the uh, hail came and the fire, locusts came and cleaned off the rest of the crops that weren't destroyed. But these locusts that come out of this abyss, they're told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, it's another proof that this is not Satan opening the abyss because he would never give a command like that, okay? He, he would not be contained. He would just do whatever he wanted to do. So this is God in control. And it says that they were given power not to kill them, but only torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like the sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And that people will be wanting to die to end the pain, but they won't be able to. So this is an amazing look into demon possession. These demons will come out and they begin to flood the earth. And you know, up to this point, people have been worshiping demons as we've read in prior chapters. 
And so what does God do? He takes that very thing that they're worshiping and he uses it to destroy them. Just like he did in Egypt, when Egypt would worship all these frogs and all these different things, he took those exact same things that they worship and used it against them. Now, there are those who believe that these descriptions of these beings or these demons is symbolic of something else. The word seems to be pretty clear that they're coming out of the abyss where demons are held. And, you know, we've never seen demons described in the Bible. We see them, you know, spiritually possessing people, and we see uh, the attributes of a demon, and we see the results of people who are demon-possessed. But we don't see a physical description. And who's to say that this is not a physical description? It says, The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads were something like crowns of gold. And their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates, like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions. And in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as a king over them an angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. The first woe is past, two other woes are yet to come. Now, there are other interpretations of this, as I'm sure uh, some of you are aware, that they could be describing helicopters, you know, armed helicopters, you know, as part of some army or force that's invading. It's safe to say that these are some kind of demon force. Now, all things are possible, and I'm not going to be one of those people that are dogmatic, this is the way it is, you know, kind of thing, when I don't have complete clarity, or the Holy Spirit hasn't given complete clarity uh, on this. But from what we have in the text, I am very confident that we are to believe that these are demons, you know, because of the abyss, because of the angel of the abyss, because of we discovered what the abyss is. And now on top of that, these demons are given parameters. They can't deal with people who have the seal of God on their foreheads. You know, they can't kill people. They can only torture them. And it's for a five-month period. And they have a king over them called the destroyer. I'm convinced And, you know, you can make your own decisions, but I'm convinced that because of the text and because of the descriptions, um, because of the situation, that these are demons that have been released upon the earth. Now, the angel says that the first woe is past, and there are two other woes that are yet to come. And the sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders I saw in my vision looked like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. Their heads of the horses resembled heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, 
smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails were like snakes having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of their work, of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze, stone and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. It is a very scary thing when our hearts get so hard that God can no longer speak to us. And I pray that we all seek the Lord for others, that their hearts would be softened. Because there is a point, and only God knows where that point is, where our hearts get so hard that we're beyond redemption. The people have been worshiping demons. They have been worshiping the work of their hands. In other words, you know, all about their money, all about what they have. And they worship that as their strength. And, of course, we have the Antichrist in his situation. And he is their leader. He is the one leading them on. He's the one that they want. And if you see the climate of this world today, you can tell that if he rose today, many millions and millions, possibly billions of people would just welcome him with open arms for his philosophy of anything goes and everybody's fine. And why can't you just have what you want? You know, that's going to be his theme when he first comes on. He's going to deceive the entire world with all this prosperity that he promises to bring. And so these four angels that are kept in the river Euphrates, why that river? Well, we can only speculate that this is where it all started. This is where the evil grew. This is where, you know, they, we had, they were close to the Garden of Eden where mankind fell. And this is also where Nimrod rose up after the flood and built the Tower of Babel and was thumbing his nose at God. And he was the first actual general, if you want to call it. He was the first one in history to gather people together in an army to kill other people. You know, Nimrod was a man who had it out for God. And he was going to build this Tower of Babel. And at the top of it, he was going to create an altar to worship the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon. He wanted to stick it to God. And so this is where the rebellion began. This is where Babylon flourished and all the demons, all the temples that were built to demons to worship in Babylon. You can read about that. It's really fascinating. So this is where evil began. This is where evil landed on planet Earth. Here in this river Euphrates, God has bound these four angels, four of the angels that fell from heaven, possibly four of the angels that got involved with women prior to the, the flood in Noah's time. We don't know, but we know that these are wicked angels that were bound. That much we know for sure. And they lead this army, this army that kills so many of mankind by these plagues. And they see that they still won't repent. And so God is continuing to pound on the earth for not only just for judgment. I know when I came to the Lord, I was riding in an ambulance at 26 years old. Here I was thinking I was a big rock star, you know, playing around all these places. And God had to pull me down. And I developed a heart condition because of my lifestyle. And just bang, 26 years old, I'm riding in an ambulance. 
and God had to smack me down. And I'm glad he did. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't want to go through it again. But when I look back on it, I know that was a turning point in my life. And so I repented and I turned to God and God has blessed me abundantly ever since. And this is really the theme of what God wants to do here. But the people will not take advantage of it. And so this is something that God knew in his foreknowledge. And we could look back on the 144,000 that were sealed. We can look back and we can see the millions and millions that John saw in chapter 7 that were martyred in the beginning of the tribulation for their walk with Christ. And you can see that why the rapture takes place and God pulls his bride out, the one that's been following him, the five virgins that are represented in that story that were prepared, that had the oil, that had the ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ, that kept their salvation and kept their walk with God fresh. What's left of this remnant of the earth are those that will not turn. They will not turn to God. The devil is running the show on the earth in the form of the Antichrist, and God is pouring out his wrath on a world that belongs to him. And we forget that. The world belongs to God. We're just renting it. It's not ours. We presume so much. You know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's coming back to get it. That's what the title deed is all about that we talked about in the prior chapters. Next time, we're going to look at chapter 10. So God bless. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're meditating on the word of God and getting things from the Holy Spirit yourself. And I hope you'll go on Amazon.com today and download Hidden Thrones. You will really enjoy it. It's a book about spiritual warfare and the things that are going on spiritually behind the scenes today. And so until next time, God bless. Talk to you then.